What's good, Bracago? This is Khalif here. I have a really great interview for you to check out today. It is all about one of my most anticipated games of the year, and that is Lords of the Fallen. I got a chance to go check out the game a couple weeks ago in LA and had a blast with it. I am telling you right now, this is a game to watch out for, and you need to put this on your most excited list because I am very excited for it. So check out some gameplay, check out the interview, and we'll be right back after all of that. What's good, everybody? We are here at the Lords of the Fallen event. I am ridiculously excited because I have two gents who are working on the game and who are bringing this amazing game to life. This is one of my most anticipated games of the year, you know, coming up soon. We're going to say that way. Uh, gents, uh, who are you? What do you work on on the game? And, and let the folks at home know, know the work you're doing. Well, um, my name is Cesar Vortoso. I am the creative director of this fine endeavor. And my name is Saul Gascon. I'm the executive producer and the head of studio at Hellsworks. First of all, thank you for, for, for being here. Thank you for taking some time and doing our interview today. Um, so many of the folks at home uh, have been really excited about this game. I want to give you a chance to give a little bit of information about, about the game for the folks who might have missed some of it. Yeah, you can take this on. So actually, uh, Lords of the Fallen is an action RPG that is coming out uh, October 13th uh, this year. It's, uh, it's going to be a challenging experience, as, you, <laughs> as you've tried. Um, but, you know, we try to capture, uh, let's say, the, the, the ins and outs of the universe that we've created with the first game, like uh, launched uh, almost 10 years ago now. Yeah. And we expanded on the universe, right? So we took everything that was on the first game uh, and we just you know, checklist all the improvements that the community was asking, like mm -hmm. reviewers, YouTubers, players on Reddit, Steam, etc. And this is how we build up the, the, the sequel and reboot. Right? Yeah. I, uh, first of all, this is almost, like you said, a decade later uh, of, of making this version of a game and, you, and just getting a chance to kind of not only play a little bit of it, but hear some of the team talk about it. There are some big changes to, to what this game is going to be as opposed to the last game. I'd love for you to, you to talk about some of the kind of bigger changes that people will be able to see when they get a chance to play it. Yeah, I think that the biggest one and most obvious is Umbral, right? That's kind of the biggest uh, innovation and change we added not only to to the, to the franchise, but also to the genre. Yeah. Um, and actually, so that's a bit like how we started, right? So we take the first game, we had the Rover, we have the Radian, right? The, the, the Sentinels and the, and the Adir followers. And we added this third faction in dispute mm. uh, to, to kind of, you know, fight the other two gods, right? Uh, but we've been very respectful with the original materials, and uh, meaning like if you play the first game, you will feel at home in the, uh, with, the, with the Lord of the Fallen. And if you have not, you will still be okay, you know? But if you replay or check uh, wikis of the previous, you, you will see everything makes sense, right? I know, Cesare, if you wanna... Add something? I always have something to add, unfortunately. <laughs> right, so um, when we set out uh, to make more Lords of the Fallen, as Saul mentioned, uh, we approached the first game with great reverence. We took absolutely everything when it comes to lore, mythos, characters. And uh, we expanded it tenfold. Uh, what was briefly mentioned in an item description, we made it a playable character, and so on. And uh, obviously, we took the um, uh, we took the uh, we wanted to do uh, an epic. We wanted to solve the events on the first game mm. and see how things evolved 
many years from then, and then became centuries, and then millennia. So we are a con direct continuation, and but the events on the first game, they're like a shrouded memory. People don't remember them. So there are enough threads for players to pull. Uh, secondly is that that game was a product of their own time. He was, it was one of the most high-fidelity Souls-likes that appeared, and it was absolutely fantastic. And we jumped at the opportunity to expand on it, but the market did evolve. So me, Saul and Marek, and we put our heads together to put the bones in place. We needed to tick several boxes first is to address all the feedback yeah. that we had in between all of it. And it was extensive. Hmm. Yeah. But just addressing feedback a competitive game does not make. Sure. The game needs to have its own power. So we looked on what can we innovate that in three or four years from now on, is still going to be competitive. Mm. So our focus on was on immersion, narrative, exploration, and um, and um, the loop, the death loop. Mm. And all of these three come together in our umbral efforts, and that is pretty much it. I, I, I mean, I want to talk about the fidelity layer because I think that is something that I think everyone at home, when they first got a chance to kind of see the big reveal again, you know, I'm talking mostly about the kind of work that was happening at the State of Unreal. I was at GDC, I go to that every year, and, and, and seeing your game featured in there as a marquee game using Unreal 5. I think there's a conversation within the gaming space too of, there's an expectation now that we're now in this layer of the of the the market, of, of the time of, of the game where folks have an expectation for things to look a certain way and to feel a certain way. Can you talk a little bit about what, what it's been like to kind of work in this area of Unreal 5 and, and kind of broaden out what this game is? Because the game is gorgeous. Like this is creepy and weird and, <laughs> and, and beautiful and ugly all at the same time. It's doing all of these things. And I feel like that, that, that technological leap that you've taken is really kind of pulling that together. I'd love to hear your thoughts about Saul, this is all yours. Yeah, what, what has been like to kind of move into this kind of Unreal 5 new layer? So it's been exciting. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, like anytime, like we're nerds, right? Yeah. So anytime that you have new, a new toy, new yeah. technology, you're like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> but uh, actually, it's been also very pleasant because Epic, uh, they've given a lot, a lot of support, right? So uh, basically, if we will let's say like uh, go into the different technologies that UE5 offers yeah. the one that makes the big difference is lumen mm -hmm. right is a real time lighting so before i remember like when uh, because of course we started in UE4 uh, until uh, UE5 was, uh, was uh, let's say, available, right? We got uh, early access and all. But, you know, when we iterated on anything, right, we were uh, checking with the directors. Like, can you move the, you know, the door to the left? Yes, right. yes, sir. Do that. Press render button, wait eight hours, and then you saw it, right? <laughs> so it's like, okay, we failed. Move it one meter more. Like, no, stop. So with the Lumen, all these paradigm changes, right? Yeah. Now you can move it real time while you're talking with the artist or the level designer. So that was a big one. Then, of course, you have the fidelity of Nanite, right? Like the, those textures, those materials, those objects like pop, right? Like on the screen. And then there is a lot of other things that are not as visible to the eye, but there is a lot of technology also on animation, um, on actual physics with animation, how they combine together. Yeah, so the clothes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Morphology, we're able to actually offer, for instance, players different morphology types, like from the, the gym guy, like, uh, like Cesar, to like, uh, <laughs> like more corporate, <laughs> more corporate like myself, like you know? Us, <laughs> so, you know, we, we wanted to really offer all those options. Uh, so uh, that's technology that you can only do with the UEFI, right? So for us, it was exciting. 
um, and uh, and actually, strangely enough, never scary. Yeah. Because we always got the support from Epic, so it was very pleasant, and and we we're very glad to be kind of spearheading the the new generation of games. Yeah. Good answer. Uh, just yeah, I just want to add that. Um, of course, I have something to add. Sorry about that. But for us, it was very daunting that we need to, to, to start from scratch. Because you can start on the previous effort. You have all the animation, all the systems, all the AI. So just migrating to another engine, it is this monumental task where nothing fits anymore. Right. So, But we were very glad to shed the old coats because this allowed us to be on the same step with the technology advancements. Yeah. So we could be at the forefront of all technological advancements because we are working in tandem with Epic. And this this gave us the confidence and uh, we, we, make, we, make, we make it work. I mean, and, and you talked about some of the layers of it, Nanite, and, and, and some of the other parts of that. I think for folks at home who may not necessarily be kind of like fully immersed in the, in the language of, of, of the devs uh, in the way that devs are talking about this stuff, I think you, you'll see this in, in very specific ways throughout the game. And I think one of the things that I found really beautiful in the way that you're doing this duality of the worlds mm -hmm. with Axiom and then Umbral, both being in those spaces in real time at the same time. Mm. Uh, talk to me about what that is kind of, because you're basically doing a double pass of all the art mm. that's happening at the same time and giving the players something to look at. <laughs> talk, talk to me about what that has been like working on this game. I'll take the first half. When we first talk about Umbral, Saul was losing his mind <laughs> because say, we're not making two games, man. Right. And that was... And we say, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. <laughs> That's how we mitigate executive decision making. Yeah, 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 yeah. We ended up doing it. Um, but uh, the way we went is that step by step, baby steps. If you look at the distance of the fantasy itself, it sounds unattainable. Yeah. And there's no point to start a road knowing that you might fail because it's too much. We, we might be too much. So the way we did we did it was effectively to establish a fantastic lore with the game, with every location, with the environmental horizon, we have everything. So we built the Axiom Foundation mm. because we knew that the Umbral is not just a shadowy realm. We knew the law, we knew what it was tied to the cosmic horror and what exactly is at its heart. And then we started twisting the the axiom part of the world the castle we take the tower and then we destroy it and we twist it yeah. so and we then we did more and then we did more and we did more and then uh, the entire systems umbral only achieved the demons the titans you see them the the, the architect of these destructions you see them as landmarks but at the same time uh, uh, the whole real estate umbral only that emerged from this Pandora's box that we could not close. Mm -hmm. And this is how uh, things proceed and the technical things Saul can tell us. Yeah. Because I'm, I don't know. Yeah, so, so basically, we, we, as you said, we had to build it twice, right? Yeah. So yeah, as Cesar said, I was like sweating, like, oh, how are we going <laughs> to do this? So, but at the end, well, basically, we have a very talented team, so that helped a lot. Yeah. Uh, but uh, basically, you build it, as you said, like with two layers, right? So we have the wall done twice. So then um, the hard part was uh, finding the technology that would allow us to jump between each other mm -hmm. without any loading time, right? Yeah. Because that was very important. You don't want to pop the lamp and say, like loading screen, right, right, no, right. No, right. So the the basically we worked a lot with a new pipeline from UE5. 
this was one of the hidden uh, features I was talking mm. uh, on materials that you can specify the materials how uh, how they are rendered. Oh. So we did a special layer only for umbral stuff, right? So then that you can only see when you pop your lamp or you are in umbral. But yeah, effectively speaking um, or pragmatically speaking, yes, we had to we we have two times the levels, right? Yeah, and I mean it's it's the getting a chance to kind of play in the space. The thing that just like jumps out at me every time I got a chance to kind of like mess around with things and I was often kind of pulling up my lantern just to see like what does this part of the world look like in that other space. It always felt like each one of them was this very specially treated area and very specially treated land in that way. And it feels like it does really pull together all of those pieces so, so well. Mm-hmm. Um, besides those layers, which I think are just fascinating from a developer perspective and development perspective, I think also this game is faster than, than, than the previous games. This feels like a kind of punchier game in terms of the way that combat feels. Um, how important was it to make sure that that felt different from, from the previous games and felt faster for the player? This was actually paramount for us from the get-go because one of the main feedback that we were reading or hearing from the previous game was indeed that sometimes it felt slow or sluggish, right? Mm. And that's explained, though, because in the first game, the, the fantasy is you are this, let, let's call it like medieval space marine, yeah. you know, like very big, you know? So we still offer that, that experience if you want it in this game. So if you keep like heavy gear and a huge uh, double hand hammer, you are you know, slow and like like a truck, right? Yeah. Um, but we also wanted to offer the fastest version, right? So, in fact, what we did is not just, uh, let's say, remove that, that type of gameplay, we added on top of it, right? So then players have a bigger range and they can choose, right? Mm. So, uh, but yeah, like the... Usually people appreciate faster stuff, so that's why also in the starting classes, the nine ones, there is one that is a bit slower, but yeah. the rest are quite uh, dynamic and faster, right? Because that's all based on player feedback. Like, it's very important for us. Everything we do, we double check it with players, right? We get people into a room, they play, we are quiet, just looking, you know, sometimes sweating, <laughs> but, uh, and then we learn from that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a kind of through line through a lot of the conversations today is that you've taken so much of the feedback from all the players, not only within, you know, this realm and this IP, but all the folks were kind of in the Soulsborns kind mm-hmm. of area. What was the thing that you really saw as a kind of usual thing that happens in a Souls game that you were like, we don't want to do that. We want to do something that's different. There's a lot. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know. Yeah, so first it was multiplayer. We yeah. wanted uh, to have seamless, effortless co-op. Yeah. That there's no, you're not bound to, to any of the game rules. You just make a Steam friends. Hey, bro, uh, Saul is playing Lords of the Fallen. You want to toss me an invite? I'll join with my level two characters. We're going to scale the game and let's play together and yeah. just be horrified together. So that was, from the get-go, one of the things that we wanted. The second thing that we wanted was to create a more realistic game. Yeah. And it's very strange to talk about realism in such a place of keen allegory and yeah. dire corruption and manifestation. What do you mean by realistic? Well, um, we boiled down a bit exactly what we wanted. We wanted to darken the world, to bring it to a place of misery where you could walk among how the life of the peasants of Monstead and see their suffering, see what happened to the war, uh, hear the the hear the uh, the peasant was made to ingest hands because of the demons, <laughs> and um, 
So the stories, the, the game grew darker and bruder. And uh, our locations are inspired from real real life locations from actual villages, actual setups from the cathedrals with small openings, grand exit with the cloisters, reliquaries and all those fancy European names. We, 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 a lot of the game has been handcrafted and there are unique, unique assets that you won't see, ex we will see only in one space, much to the chagrin of production, <laughs> <laughs> because we did not rely too much on, on modules. So we wanted to feel lived in. We wanted to feel as real as we could. Of course, you had to increase sizes to accommodate for combat. So from my end, I would say multiplayer, number one. Number two, to fulfill the dark fantasy and, yeah. and achieve immersion. So... Yeah, I'm super excited for the for the multiplayer layer. We didn't get a chance to check it out today, but I, that's one of the things that I'm dying to to get into once once the game is ready for us to kind of check out. Go, go ahead. I'm just sure you had another layer. No, no, like nothing much more to add. Like another thing we wanted to actually uh, improve upon was the onboarding. Yeah. So and we did uh, a lot of iterations on the tutorial, right? Yes. And uh, <laughs> and you always get like you know some people like, oh the tutorial is too long for experienced souls like players. Uh, for for non-experienced so like players, like they, they felt it was too short, so it's always finding that balance. Mm -hmm. But for us, the onboarding was one of the biggest uh, uh, because it's fine to die and it's fine to fail mm -hmm. if you know why, right? Mm -hmm. And this is what we've tried to was one of the biggest things we wanted to resolve uh, and bring to the genre, like. You died, but you know why, so yeah. you can get better. And, and you know, in my time playing, and I'm going to go back and play some more after this, but the onboarding is fantastic so far. Like, I think I think you're, you're really nailing that, because there are a fair amount of small systems that kind of all co connect to each other, and it's like if you look at a big Venn diagram of how you're supposed to kind of engage the combat, all of those pieces feel smart in the way that you're lining them up for the player to initially kind of start that 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 game. So I appreciate that as, as a person who is not as great as I used to be at Souls games. <laughs> it is nice to be able to to be able to to kind of see the the underpinnings of what that's supposed to do in those moments because it is going to be a thing that you know ten hours in you're going to be like that's easy to remember now mm -hmm. you're just doing it but in those first moments you're like you're so busy kind of looking at the world and being like that's a cool corner that looks cool that enemy's behind me let me not worry about him yet <laughs> but it is nice to be able to kind of get that that small handhold in the beginning so bravo to both of you and the rest of the team for 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 getting parts of that right i think that that has been really really good um we're gonna let you go because i know you have a ton of these more to do you have a lot of a lot more folks to talk to but uh the thing i do want to ask you before we go is for folks who are just coming to the game for the first time maybe they're kind of on the periphery they're 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 souls like uh, uh, you know, trying to get into the to the genre, what's one of the first things you want them to kind of check out alongside the on onboarding? What's one of the first things you want them to kind of take on and, and kind of uh, not master, but but learn early so that they can have a really good time with the game? Well, I think that's a tough question, actually. Um, but uh, I think that the the main thing that what we want players to experience with our yeah. game is immersion, right? So. We really want people to get immersed into into the game, into the world, so then they don't care like about anything else, right? That you get in and that's everything that counts in your life. Now, if you're gonna get prepared for this uh, type of game, um, 
I don't know, you need, we'll need to master <laughs> your, <laughs> your dexterity on L1, R1, and, yeah. you know? So, uh, like, they, I don't know if there's is training your programs. Block, is yeah. your block button ready? <laughs> exactly. You have multi-attack. Multi-attack. Yeah, yeah, that's actually really use cool, that. too. People yeah. don't use it. That's, yeah. a, that's the I win button, multi-attack target. Yeah. But uh, I would say uh, take your time to observe the environment. Don't rush in. We have many ambushes and very many traps that will create a false positive of safetyness. But then you got jumped in from the front on the back. Use your ranged options. They're there for a reason. Use them. We've done great strides in trying to create a seamless ranged uh, combat where you press a button for your ranged options and all your buttons map to shortcuts. So if you're spamming light attack, if you press L2, you transition to your range option, whatever you put on light attack. If you put a spell, you're going to shoot the spell and seemingly go back to... So we put those things for a reason, folks. Drink deep. Yeah. yeah, like a pro tip will be if you see an item, don't run to it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's how we lure people yeah. on ledges. Yeah, me, me. I'm the one that ran to that thing and got my face eaten. Yeah, this is not. Uh, this is not with malicious intent. It it may look like that. It's 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 our way to soft gate um, um, and 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 force you to look around early on. Yeah, just look around because. Don't rush in. Don't rush in. Yeah. Nobody pushes you. These games are, are slow, methodical, soft. It's 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 beautiful. It's like a nice pillow with spikes underneath it. It's 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 it's, it's beautiful. It's it's a beautiful time with with all of that. And, and I think you know, speaking to what you just both talked about, take your time in this game. Like I think this is a game that you know the the team has done such a fantastic job of building this world. And and I think a lot of folks want to kind of just like go in and beat it. And then try to do that, but there's some really like beautiful corners in in, in all of this, and in, in even in the stuff that I'm seeing that's like early on stuff that's not fully fully finished. Yeah, it's it's to add to what you said, and this I'm I'm done, I promise. <laughs> um, uh, with the lamp picking and looking yeah. around, yeah. Uh, we have a lot of detective work sort of gameplay. We have puzzles. We have environmental storytelling that is only like umbral kind of traps, these events, these miseries in the past. You kind of get an understanding. You see someone, some, some, some event here, it unlocks another event there. We have a lot of secrets, a lot of loot and great treasure hidden behind umbral-only locations. You can only spot them if you notice moths somewhere or an open thing over there. So you look around at the map. Make sure you don't lose much of the treasure that you leave. Man. Gents, thank you so much for taking some time to hang out with me and the rest of the folks home at Imbricago. Uh, this game is one of the games that I've been really, really excited about. And, and and you two and the rest of the team are just knocking out of the park from what I got a chance to play. And I will play some more and we'll have some more footage from the game to be able to show you all. Thank you so much for spending some time and hanging out with me. Thank you so much. It was our pleasure. Our, our, our pleasure. Pillows with spikes underneath. <laughs> We're gonna that, that'll be that'll be the line, and we do the uh, the the uh, uh, what is it the accolades trailer when exactly. it, when the game comes out. It'll be Caliph pillows with spikes underneath it. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. I mean, of course, you know how that goes. Uh, Everybody at home, we're going to do more conversations around Lodges of the Fall, and we'll have more conversations with other folks from the team and, you know, other conversations around the game later on. But check out some of this footage and some of the goodness here, and we'll see you all very, very soon. Much love to you all. Peace. 
Thank you again for checking out the video. It is such a cool uh, ability to kind of go check out some games like this early. It is still one of my biggest games of the year. I am very excited for this to drop in October. And I have to say, getting hands-on with this, it has changed everything. I think this has moved up way higher on my list in terms of my most anticipated games. And it is going to be a banger for everyone who's excited about the Soulsborne genre, the graphical fidelity of what's going to be there with Unreal 5. And I really do think that this game is something special. So make sure you're checking that out and more of the stuff that we're dropping here on our YouTube channel and everywhere else. So much love to you all. We'll talk to you soon and peace.